What have you got to give God thanks for? Well, yesterday, uh, here are some things. I wonder what your answer was when Johnny asked the question, what have you got to give God thanks for? Thanking God for friends yesterday. We had some good time with friends. Thanking God for uh, football. We had a couple of football matches played in the morning. Thanking God for family, for fireworks, all the Fs, for sausages as well. I think I ate five sausages yesterday. Thanks, Lord, for those good things. Thank you for all of those Fs and more. Here we have in Psalm 138 a psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, we're calling it today. Here's God's word. We've got Psalm 138 in front of us. It's God's word to his people. That's what we always say when we come to the Bible. We say, here's God's word and it's written for his people. And God's word also contains words spoken by people to God or about God. So not just God speaking to us, but God's word contains words spoken by humans to God. Here we have the Psalms. And we say that these are God's words too. They're included in the Bible as we have them. So how do they function as God's words to us? If they're not just God's words, but they're people's words, David's words to God. Well, you know that they're not propositions. The Psalms aren't propositions or commands to follow. They're not imperatives. They're not narratives to try and understand God's work in history. They're not meant for us to teach through doctrine or moral behaviour. That's not the purpose of the Psalms. The purpose of the Psalms is to help us express ourselves to him, to God. As we see how others have done before us. The purpose of the Psalms is to help us consider God, his character, his ways, and to see what a life lived out in the ups and the downs of life look like in light of God and his character. And hopefully, as we've journeyed in the last few weeks, hopefully they've been of real help to you when we've considered our joys and our sorrows, when we've thought about the state of our fears and failures, or our confusion and frustrations, our thankfulness and delight, our hope and regrets. The Psalms put words in our minds that help us to live out our emotions, our feelings. The Psalms are poems. In fact, they're musical poems. So we have to be careful. Uh, We have to be careful that we don't scrutinise them too closely. They're meant to speak to our emotions, provoke feeling, rather than propositional thinking. Lots of metaphorical language that help expand the depth of expression. For some of you, it's a dreamland working through the Psalms. For others of you, it might be a nightmare. Those propositional thinkers, those logical thinkers. And here's Psalm 138, a psalm of David, and it's a psalm of thanksgiving. There are ten of these dotted throughout the Psalter, the book of Psalms. And here's the focus today. It's the opposite of what we looked at last week. We looked at a psalm of lamenting. And this psalm is not to oppose what we looked at last week. 
This psalm isn't to correct our thinking or, or perhaps if we were misguided in thinking where, where should we lament? How far do we lament? How long do we lament for? Psalm 138 is not there to correct our thinking in that. Psalm 138 is meant to come alongside Psalm 13 and help the believer express true gratitude before God, their King and their Creator. But where is the thanks in Psalm 138? You've come with me so far and yet those of you who are eagle-eyed are looking down at Psalm 138 and, and thinking there's not a word of thanks in there. All praise, no thanks. Let me read the ESV translation to you, which is a more literal translation of the original text. It's not that the NIV is not God's word. We think it is God's word uh, and we read it and we have the NIV uh, in church for the purpose of reading it and understanding it well. But Psalm 138 in the ESV, the English Standard Version, uh, is, is a bit tighter to the original. So let me uh, read it through. It will appear on the screen. And hopefully we'll see where the thanksgiving of David lies. Here we go. Psalm 138 of David. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For through, sorry, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And we said with the Psalms, it's difficult to split up a poem. It's difficult to split up a musical poem down into teaching points. It must be read as a whole to experience the full flavour of the gratitude of David before his God. But here are three focus points that will help us to have an attitude of gratitude. Here we go. We're going to thank God for who he is. We'll thank God that he answers our call. And we'll thank God that he will love us forever. Let's go for the first one. Thank God for who he is. Look how David starts. It's a burst of thankfulness. I give you thanks, O Lord. With my whole heart. See the word thanks there, praise, it's without limits. Not in part, but in full measure. With all of my heart. Everything within me, not a part of it. Not just a slither, not a slice. The whole. All of it now gives th- give thanks to you, Lord. Remember such a moment of gratitude, can you? Perhaps someone's actions in your life, a 
kind word, an extravagant gift, a sacrificial act, receiving a a written letter. You want to explode with thanks. That's just great. Look, thank you so much. You want to look the person in the eye. Give them a big high five. Give them a big hug, whoever it is. It's a whole of the heart. Look, David goes on, before the gods, I sing your praise. He wants the gods to hear his intention of praise, his intention of thanks, and how thankful he is before the true one God. No one's truly sure what uh, this word gods means. Could be three things. Could be angels. It could be the heavenly realms. And so David is saying, before the angels, I sing your praise. I give you thanks. It could be before human rulers, those gathered at COP26. It could be them. It could be false deities. It could be those other things that compete for our attention and affections. Those false gods. You see what David is saying before the gods, I sing your praise. Look, if it's the third meaning, think what this means for you. Before my idols, I will sing your praise, God. Before my pleasures... Before my hobbies, before my ambitions, before my successes, before the interior design of my house, before my children's education, before my wardrobe or new wardrobe collection, before my record collection, before my latest box set, before all of these things, I will sing your praise with all of my heart. Lord, I want this psalm to realign my affections for the God of gods. Isn't that your prayer too when you read of such words? David continues, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Here are certain reasons For that attitude of gratitude that David has. And the reason David turns his attention to the temple. A place of thanksgiving. Where thanksgiving offerings were made. And he's saying look there are three specific things to be thankful for. God I thank you for your steadfast love. A love that never gives up. For it's greater than any box set. Secondly look he looks at the faithfulness of God. He praises God for his faithful promises. That's better than new wallpaper, says David. Thirdly, the greatness of your name and your word. For it's mightier than any one of the world leaders present in Glasgow. The love, faithfulness and greatness of God are things totally worthy of thanks and praise today. Says David. Where are you with such things? Does the steadfast love of God. Does it raise your affections for him to sing with the whole of your heart of thankfulness? Does the faithfulness of God to his love and to his promises. Does that raise your attention to stop and 
Give God thanks for his rightful place. The greatness of his name and his word that we have in our hands. Does that make you celebrate that he's yours? That you are his? David, in his prayer of thanksgiving, he thanks God for who he is. And secondly, he thanks God that he answers our call. Look at verse 3. 3 to 5. On the day I called you, says David, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. And we see here, if David was being generic with those three areas, generic but special, of course, steadfast love of God, faithfulness and greatness of his name and his word, here he's being very, very specific. Here's why David's heart is especially thankful. Because in his distress, on the day he called out to God, God was there. On the day he called out, there are many days of darkness. Many days of darkness that David went through. Many days of darkness that we go through in life. Different situations, circumstances, trials and tribulations. And this situation of distress is not specific here in, psalm, in this psalm. But here's one very right and real application for us as we consider the day that we called out to God and he answered us. If you're a Christian here this afternoon, do you remember that day? In the moment of your helplessness and hopelessness, day or period of life, when you knew that you had to call on God for help. He heard your cry and he answered you. If you're a Christian, the day that you call upon him for forgiveness of sin, he answered. He answered and he said, look to Jesus. There's my answer. He's the one whom I sent to die in your place, dear beloved, dear child of mine. You've called out to me and I will answer you. That's why we always talk about the Lord Jesus in whatever we're preaching. If you do not know him as Lord and Saviour, today might be the day when you turn to him and he will answer you. He will hear your cry. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed my sins away. See, David, he called to him on a day. And the God of love Faithfulness to his promises, greatness in word and deed, he answered him. Would we use Psalm 138 as a remembrance for the day that I called and he answered? And look in true poetry form, verses 4 and 5, David speaks of the, the testimony of kings in thankfulness to God. It, it's like he wants to give weight to his attitude of gratitude. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, verse 4, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. It's like David is saying, join me. (laughs) Join me. Knowing your experience of great thankfulness that you've passed a test or exam. Or or for Joe and Rosie. Think about them yesterday. Married a year ago. And yet, we want others to celebrate. We want others to see how thankful we are to God and for each other. We can't help but do it. And here's David saying, all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. Something very specific David's talking about. 
The time where he called and God answered. And in that moment, he wants everyone to know. He wants the kings of the earth to do the same. To give thanks to the Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth. Thank God for who he is. Thank God that he answers our call. And then thirdly, thank God that he will love us forever. Verses 6 to 8. Here David picks up the theme of deliverance. Not only has the Lord answered him when he called, past tense, but look, he continues to sustain and deliver him in the present tense. It's today, it's now, it's for us here. Verse 6, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me at the end of verse 7. Here's the experience of the Christian, a life full of trouble, full of ups and downs, never promised an easy walk ever. And here's David and see what he's saying. Not only have you answered my call but you continue to sustain and deliver me you continue to do that let's pause there for a moment why don't we thank God throughout our lives why don't we praise him for the God that he is why don't we thank him that he answers our call Why don't we thank him that he will love us forever? Because if you're anything like me, there's two pretty good reasons. Here's the first one. Is it something to do with entitlement? For me, I think that it's so easy to to think that, that I deserve something. That it should be mine. It should be given to me from anything of finding the remote control in the first 10 seconds that I'm looking, it should be there, of course it should, to a life of happiness and ease. Entitlement is a big struggle for me, and perhaps for you too. It's what Wikipedia's current page on entitlement. This is what it says. An entitlement is a provision made in accordance with a legal framework of a society. It goes on for a little bit. Then it picks up. Excuse me. In the 21st... Sorry. In the 21st century, the meaning of the word has extended to encompass informal expectations of social relationships, social conventions, and social norms, which are considered unreasonable or unduly perspective on others. Isn't that just me? I think, and therefore... I demand, demand. I think I'm entitled. And therefore, my life often doesn't look like a life of thanksgiving, but a life of grumbling. I think God should do that for me. I think that I do deserve X, Y, and Z in life. (laughs) But here's David's point. He's delivering us every day. Every day he's sustaining and delivering. He continues to save me. My prayer as I was preparing this would would be that he would deliver me from my attitude of entitlement. Perhaps in a 
a world, a current context full of entitlement. Today's entitlement attitude and culture, it's so easy for me as a Christian to slip into that. Please, Lord, deliver me from my attitude of entitlement. And secondly, here's why I don't think my life looks like a life of thanksgiving. Because I easily forget the giver. Here's the second prayer that I was praying through, that he would save Save me from my sin of finding glory in the gift. Of finding true enjoyment in the gift and excluding the giver of the gift. That's what John Piper says on this. Helpful. God is not glorified if the foundation of our gratitude is the worth of the gift and not the excellency of the giver. If gratitude is not rooted in the beauty of God before the gift, it is probably disguised idolatry. May God grant us a heart to delight in him for who he is. So that all our gratitude for his gifts will be the echo of our joy and the excellency of the giver. Let me give you 30 seconds to read that again. And see if that fits with something around what you're thankful for. Careful that we don't delight just in the gift itself. But our But as we delight in the gift, it focuses us to delight in the giver more and to give him glory. And look how David finishes his poem in verse 8. With a certainty for the future, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me, your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Here's David. He's so sure on the future purpose of God because it's cemented in the certainty of his promises. His steadfast love, God's love never stops. The Lord will. He just will fulfill his purpose to me, says David. He will. There's not a a scrap of uncertainty. He will fulfill. Peter Maiden in his book, Radical Gratitude. um, I read this over the summer. It was very, very helpful in forming, (laughs) trying to form my life of uh, an attitude of gratitude. Very, very helpfully, he says uh, this. He says, gratitude can become a way of life. As our trust in a sovereign God and our submission to him grow, our worries decrease. God our Father is unchanging. It therefore follows that he must be faithful. If he were ever to be unfaithful, he would change. His covenant promises and his complete faithfulness rest on the foundation of his unchanging nature. Gratitude can become a way of life. You see, I don't just want Psalm 138 to be a time when I'm grateful and thankful. A time when I reflect momentarily. But it's a life. A way of life. A life when it's high and things are well. To work through the gifts to the giver and thank him. Thank him for salvation, not least. But also when things are down and things are rough and things are low. Gratitude can become a way of life because it's trusting in 
a sovereign God who will fulfill his purposes and promises in me. He is unchanging. He must be faithful. And so see, as David finishes his psalm, look, fulfill your purpose, vindicate me. Do it, Lord. Just do it. It's a little bit like this story, and yet nothing like it. Not brown hair. Some of you will know this favourite. Some of you will be sick to the back teeth of it. Here's the idea. There's a little nut brown hair and there's a big nut brown hair. And the little nut brown hair is trying to guess how much... How much do you love me, big nut brown hair? And big nut brown hair answers back. And big nut brown hair always has an answer a little bit further. So little, little nut brown hair says, I love you this much. But he's got little arms. And big nut brown hair... He opens his broad wingspan says, I love you this much. And it's always more. I love you as, as high as I can hop, says little nut brown hair. Big nut brown hair can hop higher. Of course he can. It's always more. And he's guessing. He keeps guessing. Well, how much? How much? How much? And his little nut brown hair goes to bed. He murmurs to Big Nut Brown Hair, I love you right up to the moon, he said. And he closed his eyes. Oh, that is far, said Big Nut Brown Hair. That is very, very far. And Big Nut Brown Hair settled Little, little Nut Brown Hair into his bed of leaves. He leaned over and kissed him goodnight. Then he lay down close by and whispered with a smile, I love you right up to the moon and back see God's love it's a little bit like big dot brown hair's love but nothing like it because it's faster it's bigger here's Psalm 138 and you see what David is saying look Lord 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 fulfill your purpose to me your steadfast love it endures forever it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Did you as a child ever think that as you were lying in your bed about eternity or God's love as you were told it never ends? And you kind of worked it through in your head, but it must end. It's got to end. Everything has an end that I know uh, as a, an eight-year-old and as a 12-year-old, as a 14-year-old, as a 44-year-old, I sometimes do it as I get myself to sleep. But eternity must end. It just must. Your love must end. And God said no. To the moon and back and much further. And forever. And forever. And forever. And forever. And get your head round that. And forever and forever and forever. Will Psalm 138 help us so that gratitude can become a way of life? It doesn't diminish the psalm of lament. It doesn't say that it's a greater purpose. It's not. They're poems. Musical poems, they help us express something of our feeling when we see God a little bit differently. When we read about him and get stuck into his word a little bit more and we see him for who he is and with David we go, wow, I can't help but give you thanks, God. Kings, nations, whoever, with me, join me, join me. I just want to give thanks. 
for his unchanging nature, for his love and his grace. Let me pray, then we'll sing of such love. Father, thank you. We asked at the beginning that you by your word would speak. You by your spirit would do what you would have right into the depths of our heart. So that you with the whole of our so with all of our hearts, we would thank you. And our lives would be as an attitude of gratitude, not just momentarily, just in the good times. But it would be there as a way of life. So Lord, please cement your word in our hearts. And as we praise you, raise our affections. Because you are worthy of our thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing a version of Psalm 138 together. <laughs>